De la patrulla de Minos de California. Weather headlines for today, yes. Welcome to the Revenue Generator Podcast. An I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear how industry leaders integrate sales, marketing, product, and customer success into a single business unit with a common goal of optimizing their revenue cycle. We'll unearth how innovators integrate data, technology, people, and processes to expedite demand generation and increase recurring revenue. Sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet a member of the Revenue Generation. Here's the host of the Revenue Generator podcast, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. Welcome to the Revenue Generator podcast, where we members of the Revenue Generation share solutions for how you can integrate your business to optimize revenue. I'm your host and the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. And today we're going to discuss the best strategies for generating revenue through events and gifts to improve the customer experience. Joining us today is Nina Butler, who is the Senior Director of Revenue Marketing at Alice which is the only gifting platform that enables sales, marketing, and customer success teams to create personal bonds and drive results through a relational approach to gifting. So far this week, Nina and I have talked about how events drive revenue. And today, we're going to wrap up our conversation by discussing gifting to create customer inflection points. Okay, here's my conversation with Nina Butler, the Senior Director of Revenue Marketing at Alice. So Nina, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Doug, so much for having me. I'm excited to be here again. Yeah, this is really one of my favorite topics. And it's something we discuss a good bit with my team, with the SDR team, with the sales team, with the marketing organization. It's become a thing. So why is gifting taking off as a revenue tactic? Oh, yes. So in my experience, in the past two years, gifting has taken off like wildfire because at the very onset of the pandemic, sales and marketing teams were really scratching their heads thinking about how can I replicate some of the emotional sentiment that used to come with my in-person activations, whether they were client dinners or in-person events or on-sites, whatever it might be, those were real momentum makers in the customer journey or in the buyer's journey, because there's something so valuable about establishing a sense of emotional connection between you and somebody on the receiving end of your experiences. And gifting is one of the best ways to achieve that in a digital application. It's not perfect, but it's one of the better ways to, again, establish a sense of reciprocity, far better than an email, a display ad, a piece of content, right? Those can be often devoid of personality, self-serving, one-directional, but a gift a gift inherently showcases you want to make a tangible investment into a relationship. It's why we gift so much in our personal lives. It's you know a love language for some folks because it's one of the best ways to showcase people in terms of how much you want to emphasize and prioritize your relationship with them. So it's no wonder that B2B marketers and sellers are now turning toward that as a strategy and applying it across what they already have in place for their other digital activations. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. I have a feeling that these themes tie together awfully well, which is this idea of understanding the five to nine versus the nine to five of your prospects and customers before you approach any type of marketing. We talked about event marketing yesterday, and I imagine that's the center of really the better gifting strategies overall, Nina. And I think for most marketers who are maybe slow to adopt this tactic, we think of gifts in terms of offers and we think of it as a door opener. So take us a little further. So we've got this idea of, hey, we get your attention by sending you AirPods. But what we really want to do is to start a conversation. So how should marketers rethink this idea of 
an opener or just this idea of getting someone's attention when they think about a gifting program? Yes. So actually, I will take us farther up the funnel. So I'll think about more marketing-led, one-to-many, higher volume, but lower value gifting. And I'll give you some examples of what I mean here. A gifting that can be used super, super top of funnel. Examples of this could be, you know, getting people to register for an event or to get people to show up to an event. It can be to get people to engage with your content. It can get people to convert on your website on maybe like a non-demo offer. For instance, maybe you want to get, you know, offline podcast traffic back onto your website. Well, a gift could be a really good way to incentivize that if you're able to kind of mechanically deliver on that on-site experience. And so when I think about top of funnel gifting, it's very much low value gifting that's meant to incentivize a behavior, but then it's the reward for doing said behavior. So again, you register for my event, boom, I'll send you a gift card to get lunch on us because our event's during lunchtime. Or maybe you downloaded our piece of content, boom, here's a gift card to have a cup of coffee that you can you know, drink at your leisure while you consume our content or so on and so forth. And that is totally okay that it's not hyper-personalized. It's not fully considerate of you know, somebody's five to nine preferences because you actually haven't earned the right to be that personalized with your audience yet. And maybe that's a radical take, but that's very much how I think of that more top of funnel gifting. And I have so many more examples when we think about like, MoFu and bottom of funnel gifting and how it becomes more personal over time and how those gifts become more valuable over time. But I'll maybe pause because I would love to hear your reactions as, as I'm thinking about what more top of funnel gifting activity could look like. Yeah, it's got me thinking, Nina. And I have to say, as a CMO, there's a lot of brass tack moments that I have, right? So when I think about gifting, I think, gosh, what a great way. And, and that's our topic, ultimately, to create these moments, these inflection points with customers. But my Scots-Irish cheapness comes out and I think, my gosh, this better have a return on investment, right? This better have a higher, let's say, conversion rate. Is that typically a part of the value prop as well, Nina, is this idea that gifting isn't just the idea of creating a connection with an audience? And by the way, I think that's super important, but is really just, is it smart investment? Absolutely. And I think, you know, you and I talked a little bit yesterday in terms of, Thinking critically about the audiences you want to reserve more of a white glove experience and more of a high value gifting experience for because it's not applicable for everybody. And it's not always the best use of that type of investment. But to go back to your question, Doug, around like, how do you satisfy both? How do you create a good experience for the recipient? But how do you make sure it manifests into true ROI for your business? That's why I like to think about gifting as is almost the carrot on the stick. It's the reward for taking a high value action in your funnel. And again, like the high value action is going to be relative to whatever your go-to-market strategy is. You know, maybe if you have a lead scoring mechanism, well, what are the more desirable engagement points? And think about gifting as a way to incentivize conversion on those points. Again, whether they are, you know, engagements in your nurture streams or signups for your events or consumption of your content. Again, it's going to be relative to the business, but then use gifting, position the gift as the offer to incentivize people to push them over the edge to convert on whatever the experience is. And then how you deliver on that gifting experience, like, boom, that's where the impression is made. That's where the reciprocity starts to get established between you as seller and, you know, recipient as buyer. Does this change the way that marketers should think about their buyer personas? And, and let me get specific here. Yesterday, we talked about an understanding, the five to nine, which I think is brilliant. So what is that person's likes, wants, and needs outside of their work persona? And then hopefully applying that to an understanding of their nine to five personality. But I think that puts a lot more pressure on developing and understanding your persona. So would you recommend people go back and say, hey, guys, your persona right now talks about title and the demographics we all care about. It talks about how they like to consume information and how they make 
decisions on buying stuff. Is there also a component that demands us to go back and think about five to nine versus nine to five? Such a good question. They're both incredibly valid and distinct. I actually think about the the five to nine is the person that sits behind the persona. So the persona work, you know, made popular by HubSpot, that all remains tried and true. And those are levels of focus and prioritization that we can put against our strategies. And I don't recommend that we change those because marketers have gotten really good at persona development over time. But now where we need to start flexing our muscles is like, okay, as I group people based on persona, how might I then want to group them farther based on them as a person or their five to nine interests and particularities? And sometimes you really can't mine that level of insight until you extend a gift. And if you use a solution that allows the recipient to exchange their gift, well, suddenly you have an inside glimpse into who they are in their five to nine. And I'll give you an example of this. You know, I was once sent a gift by way of Alice and it was a yoga mat and I'm a big yogi and they nailed it on the head, right? They found out my five to nine. They found out who Nina Butler was, was as a person, but I already had a yoga mat. So I instead exchanged it for a day pass to a trampoline park to take my niece and nephew to. And boom, suddenly that's insight that now the sender has on me that that's not visible on my LinkedIn, right? Like that's a very kind of personal expression of me as an individual, but now that sender can use that to their advantage to start cultivating more of a one-to-one relationship that's more tangible than where they started when they just prospect me as a persona, so to speak. So that'll make sense to me, Nina. And I have to say, I'm not in this place where I want to overhaul the high idea of personas. I think it's what you're really talking about here is how do you up-level the persona And how do you create a situation where you think about the persona differently without kind of tipping over the concept of the persona? That makes a ton of sense. But I'm going to take us over to this idea of gifting when it comes to account-based marketing. And specifically, a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of treasure, a lot of investment has gone into smarter marketing for marketers. Let's call that account-based marketing, much more targeted programs. Was this the lift for gifting companies at the end of the day? Because I feel like that's really where the conversation quite often starts is how do we get through to an account and personalize our interaction with that account, which ultimately is about personalizing interactions with people. So do you think that's where the lift came from that created this momentum around gifting? Absolutely. Um, when I think about the the kind of like legacy applications or the primary use cases of gifting, it very much started with Uh, door opening or cold prospecting, you know, utilizing a gift to get time on somebody's calendar, in addition to ABM. So thinking about how do I kind of show people the level of investment that we're willing to make on their brand because they are so valuable in our eyes. And again, gifting is a really great way to do that. And those are still really valid use cases. There is a ton of potential there. Again, like there are two ways to go about it. There are certainly intentional ways to gift in those two use cases. And there are ways that don't leave as great of an impression despite your best efforts. But now it's so encouraging and exciting for me as a marketer to think how marketers are expanding the use cases beyond just ABM and door opener. So we'll focus our conversation on that. But yes, you're 100% right. And that was the most logical inroad for people to bring on an event strategy and make those types of event investments. But because of the successes they're now seeing, it's cool to see how they're translating it across the entire customer journey as well. So you heard it here, folks. It's not the beginning. It's not the end. We're just at that midpoint of gifting. And think about it, not just in terms of account-based marketing, but think about it across your entire funnel. And I, I think the, the best description I've heard really is this idea of creating inflection points for the customer, those moments of understanding. Nina, thanks for joining the podcast. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for having me, Doug. It was an absolute pleasure. 
Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Revenue Generator Podcast. Thanks to Nina Butler, Senior Director of Revenue Marketing at Alice for joining us. If you can't wait until our next episode and would like to learn more about Nina, you can find her LinkedIn profile in our show notes or you can visit Alice, that's A-L-Y-C-E dot com at Alice.com. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to RevGenPod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, apply to be a speaker on the Revenue Generator podcast, or you can even share your revenue generation questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is RevGenPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Market Advocate. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of RevGen strategies in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app. We'll be back in your feed in the next business day. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, keep cranking because the revenue isn't going to generate itself.